And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Sorry, I was channeling my inner Taylor Swift. I have some music playing in the background. Hopefully you don't hear it because my producer will be grumpy because he will try and remove it. Anyway, welcome to episode 10. Yes, we have made double digits. Episode 10 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa, otherwise affectionately known as Stephanie Barty. But y'all can call me Lupa because everybody else does. Even... Yeah, everybody does, except for a couple of people. So, I have a big announcement to make that I'm going to make later on in the show, because I want to make sure you all stick around. Um, But I had the distinct pleasure this week of being on the Three Nose podcast. And um, this is the brainchild of Mike Lutz and Jason Bayshard. I've listened to their podcast and I've laughed, you know, while listening to their podcast because they're two funny guys. Um, I have podcasted with Mike before and that's how I got started was with Mike. And we did like 14 episodes, I think, together uh, before he ditched me. Oh, anyway, (laughs) you know, I'm teasing. And um, it was good. It felt good to be back in the saddle with Mike um, podcasting together and I have never actually met Jason in person, and we discovered um, I haven't even actually spoken to him on voice until we did that podcast. We've always communicated via Facebook Messenger or on each other's walls or through email because he used to be the movie reviewer for um, The World of Myth Magazine. Go check it out, www.theworldofmythmagazine.com. And that's how we communicated. So it was kind of like a, holy, hey, how are (laughs) you? Kind of thing. Um, And I think that... um, it was kind of eye-opening for um, Jason because Mike and I go way back to um, a land before time. <laughs> Sometimes it felt like that. We have a long and colorful history, Mike and I, and we travel in a lot of the same um, spiritual circles. So... We kind of, well, I kind of pulled the curtain back on that for uh, Jason. And, I mean, he kind of knew Mike's stance and and, um, his belief systems and all of that a little bit. Not quite as much as he was exposed to on the podcast. Sorry about that, Mike. But, um, like I said to him, you didn't give me a no-go list. And it's the three no's podcast, so there is a no, there is no, no, there is no, no, go list. Wow, say that five times fast. 
but um, I had a lot of fun, and I will, we did figure out that I can have them on my show, so um, I will, probably in a few weeks, or in a week, I don't know, whenever, whenever I get around to it, I will have them on my show. So, uh, today, I kind of have a theme. Um, I didn't, normally, you know me, I don't have a theme, I just press play and hope for the best. Uh, sometimes it's gold, sometimes it's crap, um, but I actually have a theme this time, a specific topic that I want to discuss, and that is mental health. And I know I've discussed it before um, over on when I used to do the myth bits and I know I've just touched on it on a few episodes here. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work with my mental health and, um, getting into a healthy place and doing what I feel is best for me and my mental health on my journey. Um, and I thought I was doing really, really well and I was making great strides, and I had completed all of my counseling. Um, Zoom counseling is kind of fun. It really is, because, you know, I don't have to wear pants. Anyway, um, I had completed all my counseling, and I'd been given um, a different diagnosis than what I was originally given, which is good, because the original diagnosis would have required more medications, which I really don't like. Um, so I was very pleased with all that, and I had made some huge changes in my life. And while I struggled with that, I knew it was what was best for me and for the entire situation. Um, like you all know, my husband and I have split up. And I... I was, you know, doing really well. Um, and then I think it was three days ago, I woke up and I felt incredibly sad, incredibly sad. I mean, I woke up and I had tears in my eyes. I didn't know why. And I struggled all day with, um, my depression, most of the day with my depression. And then I had that upswing of moods that comes with being manic depressive. Um, and I was overly happy. And that's when I knew what was going on. I knew that I had reached, I wasn't paying attention to my signs. I've never really had to pay attention to my own signs. I've always had somebody, my, my ex was always there and he, he knew all my signs and all my signals. And he would say, Hey, you know, you're heading into a high or Hey, you're heading into a low. Maybe it's time to do something. Um, so I didn't have to pay attention to it. And this is the first time that I've had an episode that, kind of took me back and made me realize, um, I need to be responsible for my mental health now. I can't depend on somebody else to be my safety net. I am my own safety net. And I took my medication 
Um, but I didn't do the work either. I took the easy way out. I took a pill, felt better, leveled out, all was good. What I needed to do was I needed to sit down and figure out what brought that episode on. What was the trigger that set that whole thing in motion? Now, I still needed to take the medication. That's what the medication's there for. But I needed to recognize my triggers because I don't know what they are. Not really. And the trigger for this was all of the change that has already happened up to this point. Splitting up with my husband and coming to Sutton and um, trying to find a balance on my own two feet and um, other relationships taking different routes and different paths and definitions being changed and being modified and um, roles being changed and being modified, um, changes with my child and her mental health, and then this grand adventure that I am about to embark on, which is starting this week, another huge change. And we have discovered that Lupa does not do well with change at all. Not even a little bit. Um, there is usually strong emotion and apparently tears um, when Lupa has to deal with change. Which... I didn't know because not a lot in my life has changed over the last 10, 15 years, 20 years. Um, nothing big or major other than the death of my father and the death of my grandfather. And I didn't handle those very well either. Um, still haven't quite completely dealt with those. So that'll be another series of podcasts, I'm sure. But, um, so I don't deal well with change and all of the change that has happened and all of the change that is coming hit me all at once. And if you're um, somebody like me, you believe that when we sleep, our subconscious does a lot of um, work because our conscious brain, our logical brain has finally shut down and has gotten out of the way of the subconscious. And when we sleep, the subconscious will work out problems that we have, will work on emotional um, issues that we have, and will bring to light a lot of things that we need to face and that we need to deal with. And I, because of the medication that I take at bedtime, I don't usually remember what I dream. Um, and I didn't that night. All I knew is I woke up and I had a sad, a very deep, um, a very, my soul hurt kind of sad. I had tears in my eyes and I couldn't describe what it felt like to my friend. I couldn't tell him exactly how it felt, just that I was sad. But up till just this minute, 
it was a my soul hurt kind of sad. And half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe two hours later, I was riding a my body is going to explode. I'm so happy kind of high. So that is the, the roller coaster of being manic depressive. Um, when you're not paying attention to what you're doing and the, the highs and the lows don't usually come that quickly and that close together. Um, but I had done some things to try and alleviate the sad and that just kind of propelled me because I was already in that cycle. It propelled me in the opposite direction fairly far. Anyway, so I needed to do the work. I needed to sit down. I needed to write down what I was feeling, what all had gone on, what was going on, what was going to go on, um, to figure out where it came from. And I did. I don't deal well with change. So that is something I need to work on, uh, is change. Yeah. I came across um, a poem that I wrote in 2012. It actually came across my memories today, which I find actually is kind of ironic because of the topic that I wanted to talk about today. Um, I don't believe in coincidences, so I believe this came across in my memories today, the day that I'm recording my podcast for a reason. So I want to share it with you. And it doesn't really, ha it doesn't even have a title. I wrote it in uh, December 12th, 2012. So 12, 12, 12. Wow. That just dawned on me. 12, 12, 12. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell Crystal about that. Anyway, so I wrote this December 12th, 2012. I am strong. I cannot be torn apart, beaten down, shattered by your words. I will not lose my footing. My knees will not touch the earth. I am strong, and I will not go down. I choose. I see your words, your anger out there, where it belongs. It does not touch me. It is my choice what I allow in, what I allow to affect me. I choose how I will react. Being woman does not mean you can tear me down. It does not mean I will get back up. It means I will stand tall and remain firm on my feet. Being woman, any piece that is ripped away is a lesson learned, and I move on. I am strong. I am in control of my reactions, my emotions, and my environment. I am here, present in my body, safe in my spirituality, and what does not nourish that does not exist in my world. I do not lead. I will not follow. I will travel my road and welcome those kindred spirits along the way. I stand alone, but I'm not alone. For what I do not find in me, I will not find without me. And that poem, I remember writing it. I don't remember writing most of my poetry. I don't remember writing most, most of my poetry. That one I do remember writing. I was in a very angry, vulnerable place. And I was feeling very um, weak as a woman. So 
I sat down and I kind of pulled on my inner strength as a woman. And I wrote that. And as I was writing it, I could feel almost like armor settling into place, like a battle. Think of um, a knight and, you know, he's got the breastplate and he's got the shoulder things. I don't know the names. I, I mean, I can, I can hear all you guys out there yelling at me the names and you know, the gauntlets and he's got like all of, and as I'm writing, I'm all of these pieces are being placed on me as my armor and my, my protection and my strength. And it really resonated with me and it gave me the strength to, um, I guess, get through whatever it was I needed to get through at that time. I say I don't believe in coincidences because I find myself in that position again where I am feeling very vulnerable as a woman and very weak, I guess is the best word to describe it. And those that know me know that I hate feeling weak. I hate feeling vulnerable. I don't like being, it's very hard for me to be vulnerable. So when I am vulnerable with you, know that that is a huge measure of trust for me to be able to do that. Um, and just this past week, um, since I woke up with the sad, that's what I'm calling it, the sad, since I woke up with the sad, I have had moments um, that have almost brought me to my knees. I have had moments that I have almost thrown my hands up in defeat. Okay, you win. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't continue. Um, because that's always been my, that's always been my way. That's always been my way. When things get difficult for me, um, I shut down and I close off and I get out of Dodge. When I can't handle something, I run. It's what I do. It's who I am. Uh, okay, let me rephrase that. It's what I used to do. It's who I used to be. Um, I am learning to not do that. I am learning to um, deal with my emotions and not shut them down and shut them off and leave them alone and ignore them. Because ignoring them doesn't make them go away. It's kind of like mold. They grow. <laughs> Which is really, really sucky sometimes. So it depends on the emotion. Hey, hey. Only two this time because I'm full and I only have room for two hey, hey's. This is part two. So Dave would have spliced it together. And you're going to hear me say this is part two. There was, I was, a, there was a couple hours I had to go and have dinner. And then... Um, I wanted to get back into the mindset. And there's more noise now. We've got the windows closed, but there's more noise now. So, 
Um, while I was having dinner, I was thinking about the first poem that I read and what the topic of this podcast is, and it's mental health. And it reminded me of a couple of other poems that I had written um, throughout my mental health journeys. And they seem very relevant this week. Um, the first poem I read to you, it actually did have a title. It was called Scream. And I didn't realize that until I opened it on Facebook because I have a poetry group on Facebook that um, has a lot of my poetry. Not all of my poetry, but has a lot of my poetry. So it did have a title, Scream. There were two others that um, I guess you could say resonated with me that kind of popped into my head that I wanted to share. Um... Oh, I say that word a lot. My God. Um, That kind of have been ones that have popped up um, that I needed to write for whatever reason, um, whatever part of my journey I was on. And they seem very relevant to me today. This one I know I wrote... um, after a very, very close friend of mine had died and we were preparing for her celebration of life and this came to me and it it helped not just me in a very difficult time, but it helped others as well. Um, So I'm going to read it. It's called For We Are Women. Oh, turn that down. Oops, wrong way. I stood in the rain and I cried today. I wept and I keened for a soul that has been swept away. I wailed and I whimpered for those left broken behind. I let the drops carry my tears to the earth at my feet. I let the thunder carry my voice to the sky. I let the lightning brighten my heart. I stood in the rain and I cried today for beauty that I had privilege to see. The power of the storm matched the ache in my heart. But I stood in the rain and I smiled today as my pain washed away in the stream. My feet gripped the earth and my face felt the sky. For we are women and we are strong and we will dance in the moonlight and see the sun rise tomorrow. And although that poem spoke to the turmoil that we were all feeling and the pain that we were all feeling at the loss of our sister, um... I think it speaks to the battle that a lot of women and men too fight that we have that roller coaster of emotion and we have to remind ourselves that there's always tomorrow, that there's always the chance that tomorrow is going to be a better day. Tomorrow is definitely at least going to be a different day. And if you wake up in the morning, even if your body hurts and you're tired and you have a headache and you don't have the motivation to get out of bed and you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to wash your face and you don't want to get dressed and you don't want to face the world, you still had the opportunity to get up. Your eyes still opened. You still breathed the air around you and you were given the opportunity to have another day. And I think when we get to those places in our heads and we get to Um, those lows 
and anybody that, that battles mental illness, you know the lows that I mean, and you you can fight them and you can do things to stave them off and prevent them, but sometimes they just come, and there's nothing you can do. I think the, the sometimes for me the only thing that gets me through those days is to remind myself that tomorrow is another day. That as low as I feel, tomorrow is another day. And it it's another day to make it better. To find joy somewhere. And that's a big thing with me. I am a huge advocate at finding your joy. Um, I did a whole campaign on Facebook where every day for, I think it was like two years, almost three years, I would post in the morning and I would post in the evening. And then I would have random status updates every now and again. But my main posts were the joy status in the morning and the joy status at night. And I've started doing that on TikTok. Um, and I'm getting, and we have to hang on a minute, it's getting a little windy. And I have a tarp on the back end of my trailer because it leaks a little bit. Um, I don't want to be, you know, a balloon all of a sudden or a sailboat. Sail trailer, sail trailer. Anyway, um, I've started doing it on TikTok, on my TikTok account. And it's had a huge positive response. I mean, I've had people that thank me for, you know, the message that I have sent that day, that I put out that day, because it was exactly what they needed to hear. And, um... I've had that experience as well, where you're scrolling Facebook and you see something and it's exactly what you needed to see at that moment. So that's why I'm doing it because it not only helps me to remember that I can look out my window and see that perfect leaf or that, that spot of grass that just looks so pretty in the sunlight or the shape of my hands and how they look like my mother's and my grandmother's, you know, just anything, something, just find something that makes you happy and cling to it as hard as you can to get through those bad days. It could be the color of your eyes that day, the way the sun hits them and the way they make them look. It could be the smell of your coffee. It could be just the way that one section of your hair kind of lays and looks doesn't matter what it is just find one thing on those bad days so this is the second poem and I'm going to read it to you first before I tell you about it it's called roads I've walked along this dusty road for more than half your life I've seen the new I've seen the old I've argued wrong and right. But never in my travels have I seen a sight like you. Bent and twisted all around, your soul is split in two. They preach to you about a love that batters you inside. You closed your eyes and closed your mind and never realized. The truth behind those gilded words were silver-coated lies. The love you seek, the peace you need, is waiting right outside. The touch of faith is the warm embrace of all the beauty of the beauty all around the words you pray will always stay like grass upon the ground so plant your feet raise your eyes and open up your mind for love is all around you 
in the mother and our kind. She'll take your, she'll take your hand in the summerland when your crossing time has come. She'll be the quiet voice inside when the questions are all done. The wind will blow, and you will know she's been there all the time, waiting on the moment when you opened up your mind. So when you've walked this dusty road for more than half your life, you've seen the old and seen the new, understanding wrong from right, I hope you find a closed-up mind and share what you have known. With the God above and the Mother's love, share what you've been shown. Shine a light, open sight to the magic that has grown. That I wrote in 2012. Apparently I did a lot of writing in 2012. This was November of 2012. And it was based upon an experience that I had with my mother um, during the dying of my father. And my mother is a born-again Christian. And I am not. Um, and up to that point, she had a hard time reconciling herself with my chosen spiritual path because it didn't match hers. She couldn't quite understand it. Even though she had chosen a path similar in her 20s and went back to the church, um, she couldn't understand me having been raised in the church, why I wasn't still there. But that's neither here nor there. And it doesn't really matter to the um, explanation of this poem. So, well, I guess it kind of does. So my dad was um, essentially drowning in the fluids in his lungs. And it was horrible, sounded horrible. And my siblings were having, especially my brother, was having a very hard time dealing with that. So I took my mother aside and I told her that, you know, I could try and do the best that I could with the knowledge that I had to help. But I needed her help. And she's like, I, I can't, I won't, I won't, I won't. So I explained to her all she had to do was hold dad's hand and pray in her way and I will pray in my way and I will hold her and she said okay I will try it she was willing to do anything to help my dad and between the two of us with her beliefs and my beliefs somewhere up there the divine came together and went you all right Okie dokie. And both sides decided they were okay with each other. And my dad's lungs cleared up. Our doctor couldn't believe it. He uh, chalked it up to the human body being an amazing thing. And three days later, my dad died a very peaceful death. A very quiet death. Instead of the horrific suffering that he would have had to endure had his lungs continued down the path that they were on. Um, you can believe what you want to believe. I was there. I know what I believe. And I know what my mother now believes. And 
she is very okay with who I am and what I believe because it's not far off what she believes. It's not far off. Um, it's just different. And she said that if her God could accept me the way I was and what I do and what I believe enough for him to lay his hands on us and help my dad, then I was okay by her. And that's where that poem came from. That closed up eyes and closed up mind. Because she used to be very open-minded. And she was sold a pack of lies um, from a very jaded minister at our church. And, um, yeah, so that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway, um, and my beliefs have evolved over the years and, um, I've become more encompassing of different aspects of my raising from my childhood to what I studied in my 20s and my 30s and what I now practice in my 40s. And I think that's what kind of happens with any kind of journey, be it a spiritual, emotional or mental health journey is the longer you follow that path, the longer you do the work, the longer you um, spend on it, the more it evolves and changes. And it never looks the same from when you started. And it shouldn't look the same from when you started. Because it's a journey. You're going towards something. And it should be something better than what you're leaving. And where you're starting from. So. Um, I do have to say part of this podcast is inspired by um, the world of Mythbits. And their one that they did last week. Because the one they just did was magazine review. So it was the one they did the week before talking about that lethargy, that letdown that you have as an artist when you finish a piece um, and that depression that you go into after. And it got me thinking after I had, um, and I mean, I'm still not out of it yet. Uh, yesterday was another very hard day and, um, I was in a, a very emotional place yesterday and it just seemed like I was, it seemed like I was being attacked um, from all sides, really, and from people that I knew cared about me. Um, but when I get into that um, place in my head... Um, I'm kind of struggling for words right now, if you haven't noticed. When I get into that place in my head, I, I tend to get, um, I guess you would say paranoid, because there's that voice 
that tells you you're not good enough. That tells you, no, they don't care. They're just lying to you to get what they want out of you. Um, and that has happened before. But I know that that isn't what happened yesterday. Isn't what I had interpreted to have happened. Um, and that's the whole thing. Like, I... I can't say it was entirely on me because it wasn't entirely my um, misunderstanding. But I felt the things that I went through um, this entire week have just been um, hard, hard, horrific at times. Um, like I said, I have been almost brought to my knees a few times this week and just thrown my hands up and said, I'm done. I give up. I can't continue. I can't keep going. I don't have the strength. And somehow, somewhere, um, I have found that strength. And you have to. You have to keep finding that strength to get back up, to not go down on your knees, to not let it buckle you. You have to find it. You don't have a choice. When you take out the option of having a choice, um, you have to find it from somewhere. doesn't matter where it comes from. And for me, um, to just get me up enough so that I could get a solid footing underneath me. The best analogy that I can use. I use music. Um, now, music can be very dangerous. It all depends on, you know... I have to... When I get into that headspace sometimes, I have to force myself to choose the correct kind of music that is going to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, not what I want to be accomplished. Because when I'm in that state, I want to be miserable. I want to be sad. I want to feel that pain. Because I think that's all I'm worth. That's all I'm supposed to feel. That's all I am allowed to feel. So I have to force myself to find music that makes me feel something else. And again, if you know me, you know my life runs on a soundtrack. Constantly. I can put meaning and definition and relate to almost any song I hear. I can correlate it to an event or a situation or an emotion in my life. Sometimes it's just a line or a couple of lines from a song that hit me. The rest of the song has no bearing on anything that's going on in my life at that moment. Just those two lines. And I will put that song on repeat just to hear those two lines. So that's what I did is I found a song that um, meant a lot to me and I put it on repeat and I just kept listening to it and kept listening to it and kept listening to it. And I could probably sing it to you backwards now until 
I could feel myself getting that strength to keep going, to continue. And I know I shouldn't try and function as normal when my brain is not in a normal state because everything is amplified. Everything is blown out of proportion and um, I end up making a complete and total mess of most things. And I did that yesterday and I ended up hurting somebody very, very dear to me. Um, I didn't mean to. It wasn't my intention to do that. And again, I came to that point where I almost dropped to my knees and I was done. I was, I was done. And I had that, that overpowering urge. Um, I mentioned it before that, that, you know, when things get intense and when things get hurtful and when things get uncomfortable and I can't deal, I run, I shut down, I close up, I go, okay, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. And I found myself doing that. And I don't want to be that person anymore. Because it's a very empty place. It's a very cold place to be. So I'm finding that I'm having to learn how to stay open and how to go through that knot in your stomach and not shut it down and close it out and put it away. Like, I don't want to deal with that. But I'm learning to deal with it. And I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like it. I don't like dealing with the intense emotions. I don't like dealing with the feeling of vulnerability and the feeling of, um, I don't want to say trust because I do trust this, this person. Um, he's one of very few people that I trust without question. Um, I can probably count those on one hand and not use all of my fingers. Um, I trust, I guess it's, it's more of, um, a trust of my interests, a trust of my well-being, a trust of going to do what's best for me. Um, and then there's the trust that they're not going to intentionally hurt me. But because there's that voice in my head that says, you're not worthy. You're being laughed at. I question it. I question everything. I think it's more of a matter as I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to not 
sabotage anything good. Because I've never dealt with the good stuff. I've just kind of, all right, you know, great. I'm great at self-sabotage. I'm great at shutting down. I'm great at bailing when things get intense and rough and hard. And I came very, 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 very close yesterday to doing just that. And I didn't. And yes, I am patting myself on the back for that. Um, there are several reasons why I didn't. But it was very hard because that is my natural instinct. That is what I have done for as long as I can remember. With anything. When um, I would have to face the trauma of the things that happened to me in my childhood. The easiest thing for me to do was not. Was to move on, move away, move over, um, shut it down, shut it off close it off, shut everything off, all my emotions, all my feelings, all my everything, put on my shoes and run. And I, I not literally, because if you see me running, something's chasing me. Um, and jump from situation to situation, avoiding what I needed to face really, really, really good at that. And it becomes natural instinct after a while. That's my defense mechanism. I shut down. And you learn that defense mechanism as you go through the trauma, especially if you started at a very young age. And I started my trauma when I was four. At least that's the first that I can remember. Um, and you, your brain shuts off and takes you elsewhere. So you learn that trick and it's very hard to break that trick, that um, defense strategy. And when I have a mental low, I want to jump in my car, I want to pack up my car, I want to go to a town, people don't know me, nobody knows me and cut off communication with everybody. And I made a promise not to. <laughs> and anybody that knows me knows that I do try. I don't make promises lightly. And that has been a thing in our house since my kids were little. Don't ever make a promise. You're not 100% positive beyond a shadow of a doubt you can keep. Because a promise is a promise. You give your word and if you are not as good as your word, you are nothing. That is the way I was raised. That is the way we raised our kids. And a pinky promise is the ultimate promise. The ultimate promise. I will move mountains. I will fight heaven and hell and kill whoever I need to. To make that promise. 
come true. If I make a pinky promise to you, you are guaranteed nothing short of death is going to prevent me from keeping that promise. They're going to have to put me in a cell and lock me in to stop me from fulfilling that promise. I will keep that promise. So, I don't make promises lightly. I, sorry, something strange just came across my phone. Um, completely lost my train of thought now. Oh yeah, I made a promise not to run. I promised my mom, I promised my sister, I promised my brother that I would not run when things got tough. And that um, I would stick it out and I would face it. And I made a promise to a very special friend that I would not run. I would not shut down. Um... I would not close that connection. And it was very hard. And I think I succeeded. I, I, I hope. They're still talking to me today. So I wouldn't assume I did. it was all right. <laughs> but I guess my whole thing on this is you're not alone. You may feel alone in the moment, and let me tell you, sitting in my trailer, out, you know, I'm half a yard, literally a yard, like a backyard, away from the main house. All I have to do is open my door and go, hey, Crystal, she'd hear me. I'm not alone, but I felt very, very alone. I felt very by myself. Um, I had moments where I felt very unloved and unworthy of love. But you have to remember you're not alone. You have people that love you. You have people that care about you. And Sometimes it takes every ounce of strength you have to reach out and say, hey, I need help. I'm having a really bad day and I can't do this by myself. And I'm sorry if I'm being crazy and I'm sorry if I'm being emotional and I'm being silly and I'm flying off the handle at stupid things and and I'm a mess right now. Help. And I didn't quite do that. I didn't quite ask for the help that I probably should have. Um, I did say I'm having a really bad time. And then the next day I just brushed it off and said, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. I feel fantastic. And... I didn't exactly lie because I did feel really good at that particular moment in time. And that's only because fake it till you make it. You know? I'm still not in a good place. 
but I'm getting there. And I know it's going to be a battle and I know it's not going to be fixed overnight, but things in my life are changing. And like we established earlier in the podcast, Lupa doesn't do well with change. I got a big change coming. So I'm going to share that news with you now because I probably should wrap this podcast up. Um, I am launching a new business. I used to work for a basket company two and a half years ago. And I had a blast. I absolutely loved it. I loved making the baskets. I loved delivering the baskets. Even the condolence baskets. You're bringing a basket to somebody whose heart has been broken and shattered. And there are pieces of it lying all over the floor. And somebody thought to send them a gift basket to say, we're so sorry. And I had the privilege of delivering that basket. And our baskets were beautiful. I mean, I'm not, not to toot my own horn or nothing, but our baskets were beautiful. And for a brief moment in that person's otherwise absolutely horrific day, I made them smile just a little bit when I brought them that gift basket. And I always tried to make eye contact and I always tried to give them a smile and let them know, you know, it's okay. You can cry. And many times, um, I would be invited in for a moment to put the basket down because some of the baskets were huge and heavy. And I was delivering to old folks that couldn't carry these big old baskets. So I would have to bring it in and put it on the table. And I would, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, my condolences. And there were a few few occasions that I just stood there and held the poor woman while she cried. Not part of my job, but I was there when she needed somebody. And I loved it. So my friend Crystal, who has started to... Has, has, over the past few years, started two of her own successful businesses, um, did a little market research into the area and found that there are absolutely no gift basket companies in the area. You can get flowers or fruit. And so, Luhu Baskets was born. I will be delivering to the local area, Sutton, Georgina, Pefferla, Uxbridge, Newmarket, um, and surrounding areas. I will ship coast to coast and internationally. So tomorrow or today, because this will come out on Friday today, the website will launch. The Facebook page will launch and the Instagram will launch. And you will see little Luhu, which is the most adorable little owl ever, um, everywhere. And you will see Luhu baskets. And that is me. I am starting with very little. I worked hard for a whole week, hard physical labor for a whole week, and made $250. And that was my initial investment. 
and um, it, they're going to be uh, made to order. So you order the basket, I go buy the stuff, I make the basket, I deliver the basket, or I ship the basket. There you go. And I'm going to build it from there. I mean, I know I'm going to start small, and I'm going to build it from there. But uh, yeah, I am now a podcaster, a writer, a published author, and an entrepreneur. So... Lou Who Basket. That's L-U dash H-O-O Baskets. And that's me. So, yeah, I'm starting my own business. Holy moly. And that was one of the big changes that triggered my um, mental health collapse, <laughs> so to speak. So, take keep an eye out for that. And you can follow... That page on Facebook under Luhu Baskets or on Instagram at Luhu Baskets or um, go to the website and when I have the web address because I don't can't think of it off the top of my head I will get that to you it'll be on the Facebook page you can also follow me on Facebook at Lupus Bits and on Twitter at Lupus Bits on Instagram at Lupus Bits you can follow me over on TikTok at Lady Luhu which is kind of, that name is the inspiration for Luhu Baskets. Um, and if you want a basket, get a hold of me and we'll talk. You know me, you know where I am. And don't forget to check out The World of Myth, the magazine that I work for, www.theworldofmyth.com. And check out the amazing tag team duo of Joe and Jenna Sparks. They are doing amazing things over on the world of myth bits. I thoroughly enjoyed their podcasts. Um, and I will admit I went into it with some trepidation. That's my baby. I started that podcast and, um, it was hard to let it go. I had to, um, for many reasons, but I couldn't have left it in better hands. Those two are doing an amazing job. Their magazine review was top-notch. I was so impressed and so engrossed in what they were saying. Um, I went back and reread some of the, the things to kind of read it from their perspective and have a different outlook on it. Um, and I really liked their perspective on my poem. Um, it wasn't the intention when I wrote it, but to hear somebody else's interpretation of it, because that's the thing with poetry. Poetry is open to interpretation. So to hear Jenna's interpretation of my poem kind of gave me a different insight onto the words that I had written. So um, thank you, Jenna. I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, go check them out. All right, until next week, have yourselves a good one. If you can't have a good one, then reach out. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to a friend. You can call one of them 1-800 numbers and reach out to a stranger. Just reach out to somebody. And we will get through this. I'm not going to quote the cliche because it's kind of, for me, it's lost meaning that we're in this together. It's lost meaning because it's everywhere. And everybody, oh, we're in this together. We're in this together. It's lost meaning for me. So you know what? We got this. We're in this. We can do it. Reach out. So, all right, everybody. Have a good one. Keep an eye out for Luhu Baskets. And I will talk to you all next week. i see ya.
be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.